Okay, okay, okay. We are back here in my fucking dungeon of fucking doom. Uh, I can't tell now which is the worst part of doing this in here. Is it the fucking mold that's slowly seeping into my lungs and killing me? Or is it the fact that I have to have the fan and air conditioning off and it is hot as fucktard? Literally, my balls are stuck to my legs and I'm not even doing anything. I'm sitting on the floor. I'm guessing that means I'm unhealthy and should, like, do some cardio ever besides jerking it, but such is life. Uh, luckily, I got a big fifth of Jameson, so that's what I'm drinking tonight. Uh, had a tall boil of bats. That The supply chain let, like, 12 of those go to Publix, and I bought them all because I'm in love with that. Oh, delicioso. Um... Just finished Dope Sick, which is the story of Purdue Pharma. I think we talked about it on here before, but again, alcoholism. Um, Purdue Pharma's Oxycontin and how everyone's addicted to it and how no one should ever take it. And two days before watching the final episode, my girlfriend got prescribed a ton of Oxycontin and high milligrams. And I'm just sitting there like, yeah, yeah, we should do a couple of these. See what happens. Let's get weird. Um, so if you don't hear a podcast from me in a while, or my friends don't hear a text from me in a while, I've probably started sucking cock for heroin. Uh, on one side, I probably don't need to, there's probably enough oxy and other opioids out there that I could just like buy some, but I feel like if I work for it, I'll want to have more and I'll feel like I earned it. So, you know. Let's do that. Let's Ayn Rand this bitch. Um, what should we talk about first? The NFL? Boring. Um, I think the NFLs could come into my talk later about the CFP, but basically, like, the favorites are almost, they're like 89-64-1 against teams that should lose, which is an unreal number. Uh, I love it. I love the chaos. I love the fun, especially because the Packers are swimming to the top of the chaos. Um, I saw MVP ranking and Rogers was like seventh, which is fucking insane. He's got one loss. Jordan Love lost a game and Rogers lost a game and Rogers lost the first game of the season. And they're like, well, he didn't have a touchdown against Seattle. It's like, yeah, cause he's a team player. He could have audibled to a pass and just gave it to Devontae Adams scored touchdown both those times. But instead he was like, you know what, Dylan, you're fat as fuck. Get in the end zone twice. I believe in you. Let's see what you got, boy. Uh, so I think that's an unfair thing to dwell on compared to like all these guys like Tom Brady has three losses and they're like, yeah, he's still in. He's still the number one MVP candidate. So I'm not saying that wins and losses are all that matters, but if you're going to get down to that ticky tacky and I'm pretty sure Rogers has more touchdowns and fewer interceptions than Tom Brady. So, and he hasn't lost to like shitty teams. The Saints are okay. Tom Brady lost to Washington, who sucked, and might lose to the Giants this week. So, I don't know. I think there's a little bit of a difference there. Um, who else was? Kyler Murray was behind him. I don't know. There was a bunch of people that just, whatever. I'm not going to really get into it till later in the season, because who fucking knows? It's so far out. Who gives a shit? All I know is the... Packers look really good. Hopefully the Cowboys eat a fat dick against the Chiefs this weekend. 
and I'll be a happy little boy boy. Um, what else do we have? The Jets are playing Joe Flacco instead of White. Why? Why? And why is the media not more upset about this? The media, who I think we've talked about, says, "What? who's to blame for these rookie quarterbacks sucking? You guys are. You guys are to blame. You guys made them fucking play before they were ready. You made them play their first year while they're still children. You're to blame for them sucking. You've changed how the NFL is by complaining that these coaches need to start their rookies right away. Instead of waiting a year, sucking two years in a row, and having a pretty good draft class that second year. Uh, Get the guy some weapons, get the guy some protection. That's all I'm saying. Makes me sound crazy. I know, I know. Why why put all your eggs in this rookie basket and then not protect him or give him anyone to throw the ball to? Uh, So they're starting Joe Flacco, which, you know, I assume was in a wheelchair, over White. Who's a young guy? He was drafted in eighteen. You know, let's start the new guy. Let's give him a few starts. He had a great start two weeks ago. He was fine last week. He lost the game, but yeah, he's on the fucking Jets. What do you expect? No one wins with the Jets. They fucking suck. So instead of letting White ride it out and see if maybe something can happen with this guy, like Heineke in Washington, Heineke's not looking horrible. I mean, yeah, the team's not great, but he just beat fucking Tom Brady. And without his best defenseman, who's now out for the fucking season. So what are you talking about? Why would you start a guy who could explode on the fucking field? Are you just trying to see if you can, like, maybe if Flacco dies? If Flacco gets hit so hard, he's fucking dead. That'll drum up some press. And you guys won't be known for sucking. You'll be known as the team that killed Joe Flacco. Like, fine. Like, if that's your move, I'm on. I'm in. J-E-T-S. Killed Joe Flacco. I like it. That's a good chant. We'll do that. But anything else, any other reason, silly. You have, you now have the weird opportunity of testing out this guy who had a really good game and an okay game and seeing what he could do against a shit team. If he could beat a shit team and prove that he's better than Tua, that's good for you guys. And they're saying, oh, well, the defense, the defense of the Dolphins is so strong. The defense of the Dolphins, I think the Dolphins have two, three wins. Defense lets up like 25 points a game. If this guy could beat Tua, you maybe not have your next starter, maybe stick with Zach Wilson, but at least you could trade this guy for something. You could say, look, he's better than Tua, so uh, if someone's going to trade for Tua, you guys definitely got to trade for him. Tua may get another starting shot somewhere else. There's not a lot of quarterbacks coming out of this draft class. So what? You're going to see like a Mitch Trubisky start somewhere else. You're going to see Tua start somewhere else, and then... Even the Dolphins might take him. They might take White and be like, yo, he beat us. He had a few good games. Maybe we could do something with him. Fitzpatrick might not come back. There's a starter gone. Now there's a few. Tom Brady might be gone. The Buccaneers might be looking for someone new. There's a few teams out there with older quarterbacks. Roethlisberger might be gone. And we saw this weekend their backup's not great. Goff might be gone. You think the Lions want to keep him? He's... Looking about as bad as everyone thought he was. Speaking of two, I love that Stafford lost two games in a row. And now the fucking narrative was, oh my god, Stafford was just this golden goose that was held out of a good team. How we were just so harsh on him because he was on Detroit and no one cared. And now he's losing after they added Von Miller and OBJ. 
Get the fuck out of here. Now, I think things will calm down. I think they'll have a good uh, team. I think they could go to the Super Bowl and win it. All that's possible. But I just love that the media is like, we better shut up about this. We better change things. They're now questioning him. Is he that good? I think it's just sports shouldn't be... Either it should be all hot takes and nothing's taken seriously. Or it should just be like calm, like, okay, yeah, yeah. He didn't have a good game. He didn't have a good game. We'll see what they do next week. Let's not burn down the whole barn. And I get that it brings in viewers, which is why then just switch it to all hot takes. I think one sports network should just be the opposite end. And be like, yo, I'm a smart guy who understands that sports are tough. And things change week to week and like... I'm not going to say fire everyone every week. I'm going to be pretty calm about it all. I mean, that's not going to be me, personally. I'm a psychopath. I love yelling. But, um, yeah, I think that would behoove one network to just have, like, the level-headed guy talk and not five guys screaming at each other, which every show is nowadays. And no one's going to be Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee's the funniest, loudest guy in the room, and everyone's losing ratings to him. And a lot of the sports networks are losing people because they're going to do their own podcast where they could say whatever they want and swear and not have anyone looking over their shoulders. And you kind of see it too with, I mean, there's just so much money in it. And I think we've talked about how um, the how podcasts in Austin, Texas are ruining entertainment. How all these people are moving out, um, dipping out on... California and New York and in a few years they're not going to have people to write they're not going to have people to perform in these TV shows and movies because they're just not big why perform in a TV show when you can do podcasts that is all your own thoughts why go on ESPN when you could do a podcast that's all your own thoughts and you make more money and have more opportunities you have the freedom to be like guess what guest host this week who's going to yell at you a few people don't watch bullshit I love when AJ Hawk sits in for Pat McAfee. And he has a whole team around him. He has like eight guys, and they're all characters that you enjoy watching. Like, yeah, it might not be the same special sauce as it is when Pat's there, but it doesn't lose that much. And he gets to go do something he loves. So if his if his show loses, let's say, a million dollars for him not being there five weeks in the whole year, yeah, he's probably making that million dollars up somewhere else. And doing whatever the fuck he wants because he's rich as shit. Uh, let's see what else. Let's switch to the CFP. Alright guys. I don't do this often. I like to think through everything I say. But I fucked up. Big ol' fuck up on my hands. Uh, and I'm mad enough to admit. I'm not some fucking asshole who's going to sit here and be like, no, I'm always right. No, no, I'll let you know. I'll let you know when I miss the mark. And boy, did I ever miss the mark on Georgia. So Georgia football. Let's let's. I'm pulling them up. Let's look at who they've played so far this year. This is going to sound insane. But if Alabama plays Georgia in the SEC championship, that means Georgia will not have beaten a single ranked team all year. By the end of the year, every team that Georgia played will be unranked. And if they beat Alabama, they will be the only team they've beaten. And logically, Alabama should drop to like 
12, 13, 14, 15. Something back there. I would say a little further back because they're going to be a two-loss team and one of the losses to a fucking horrible team and the other loss to Georgia, who again, the only ranked team they beat will be Alabama. So it looks like their schedule is pretty shit. If you're going to, if CFP is going to hurt Cincinnati for only beating number eight Notre Dame, then they better look at Georgia's Oh, you only beat Alabama, who's 15? And again, they should drop back further because it makes Georgia look like they only beat up fucking high school teams all year. So let's look at who they beat. At the beginning of the year, Clemson was three. They're unranked right now. They beat them. UAB, don't even know who that is. Unranked. South Carolina, unranked. Vanderbilt, unranked. Arkansas, they're 21 right now. But in order for Alabama to get to the SEC championship, they have to beat Arkansas, and if they beat Arkansas, Arkansas is unranked. Whereas if Alabama loses to Arkansas, then I think Ole Miss plays Georgia. Arkansas will remain ranked, but they still be like 15 at best. So that'll be their only ranked win, and then it'll be Ole Miss, who will drop back to like 18, 19, 20, something like that. After Georgia beats them. If Georgia beats them. So then you'll have two ranked wins against 20 ranked teams that are ranked above 15. Which isn't a great look. Especially when you're holding Cincinnati out of the CFP for having beaten number 8 ranked Notre Dame. And that doesn't look like it's going to change. Cincinnati looks like they're going to go undefeated. Notre Dame looks like they're going to go undefeated. Michigan State and Ohio State play this week, so one of them's dropping back. Michigan's, Michigan and Ohio State play the week after, so one of them's dropping back. So Notre Dame should be at, like, six by the time we get to the, uh, whatever, championship games. So if they're six and Cincinnati's still held out, held out at, like, five, that's going to be wild. And then Oregon should lose to Utah. Oregon's the favorite is Utah this week. How does how does CFP act like they still aren't a cult? I think they're a cult. And most cult people say like, oh, you could tell you're in a cult because no one uses logic. That's the CFP. No one uses logic. They're all brainwashed psychopaths being like, we're doing this for the greater good. And they all wrap their arms around each other. They're like, we love each other. We're all right. No one's going to come out and talk shit against us. You're out of your fucking mind. I'm talking shit about you. I know I'm not a big deal, but I'm a big deal. So you better watch your fucking ass, CFP. Goddamn cults. Goddamn Waco, Texas cults. You're going to get fucking shot up by the ATF. Um, So where are we? Arkansas is ranked now. Probably will be unranked unless they beat Alabama, which then that even fucks Georgia more because their best wins could be like Ole Miss. Which, who cares? Or Arkansas, which also, who cares? Then they beat Auburn, unranked right now. Kentucky, unranked right now. Florida, unranked right now. Missouri, unranked right now. Tennessee, unranked right now. Charleston South, this is a game this weekend, unranked. Georgia Tech, unranked. So that's it. So you're going to tell me Cincinnati sucks for having beat the number nine team at the end of the season, probably a number four. 5-16 before championship games. But Georgia, who's beaten 
their best team is Arkansas, who's currently 21. That's good. That's that's fair play. I don't know. I just, it seems silly to me. And then I got in a huge fight with my buddy. He's like, well, the metrics shows Ohio State and Georgia have the best metrics. So first off, if the metrics are right, why do you need a CFP? Just have the metrics do it. Also, you want to live a life where the metrics decide everything? Why watch the games? You know who wins beforehand. He's like, oh, no, no, no. Some things get jumbled. A lot gets jumbled. The CFP, their first rank, had 62% correct. That means 38 of the teams that they had ranked against their opponents lost. That's not good. And if they're following the metrics, that's not good for the metrics. And they're clearly not following the metrics because they have Oregon up there. I guarantee the metrics have Oregon losing to, like, every team in the top 15. Considering they have Oregon losing to Utah, who's 23rd. So I'd be fairly comfortable saying the metrics have them losing to every team in the top 20. Call me crazy, but... If they're giving Utah a three-point bump. I don't know. Oh, but they're playing at Utah. Okay. It's the third-ranked team against the 23rd-ranked team. Get the fuck out of here. Metrics are like fucking communism. Yeah, it sounds good. Socialism sounds good. Doesn't work. Doesn't. That's why we play games. Alright? So let's, let's stop acting like this shit works. It doesn't. That's why we have... The CFP there, but the CFP is like a correct, corrupt government now. They're just, oh, we want Ohio State and we want Alabama and so we're going to put them in and we want Georgia. And this, this is, again, where I was wrong. I thought they just put Alabama in and we're thinking, oh, there's nothing there. They're just no one will fight us. No, no, they got Georgia there. Georgia's undeservedly first. If you're going to have Cincinnati 6. If you have Cincinnati 2, then yeah, Georgia's number 1. I get it. I I mean, I don't. Cincinnati should be ahead of them. Because again, their best wins against 21-ranked Arkansas, who's about to be unranked. Um, So, yikes. That's not great. Uh, But, (laughs) they clearly put in teams to keep Alabama and Ohio State still in. I mean, Michigan State only drops back that far? Come on, guys. And you guys are going to be in such a shit fuck. I know I've covered this with Notre Dame before, but you guys are going to be so fucked when all these teams... Notre Dame beat Wisconsin, who's ranked like 17 right now. Yikes. That's gonna... That's The day before the, my podcast, if I'm not su- out sucking dick for heroin, before the championships games are going to be so fucking brutal if Notre Dame beats Stanford and Wisconsin goes to the Big Ten Championship because then you got Notre Dame who beat Purdue and Purdue beat Michigan State you got Notre Dame who beat Wisconsin and they're an up there team you got Notre Dame who beat Stanford who beat Oregon like who whatever the CFP does to keep some of these teams out it's gonna look so fucking silly Keeping Georgia at number one is going to look so silly. When they almost lost to Clemson. Almost started the season with a lot, 10 to 3. Lost to Clemson. And some people are like, oh, well, they had a lot of big wins. Not as big as they should be. And that, at that point, it starts to get to the argument of like, oh, Alabama last year could beat Jacksonville last year. No. 
No, no, no. Those are adults. Those are adults who play real football. They're going to kill you. It's metrics mean so much less with college age kids that are only at a college nowadays for a year because of the transfer portal, which is fucking stupid. And I'm sure I've yelled about that before, or I will at some point again. But the transfer portal is a silly, silly goose chase. I don't like it at all. Um, But the metrics are so hard to prove when you're playing all teams that are like deep in, oh, this, this wide receiver was able to get 500 yards against a child who shouldn't be playing football anymore. That means he's this good. I, I don't think so. I don't. There's not the parity that there is in pro sports. The further down you go from like pro to college to high school, the metrics get less and less helpful. Unless they're very broad metrics like go for it all the time on fourth. Yeah, because the other team's also a high school team that might not be too good. Alright, I think that's enough complaining. I just wanted to open everyone's eyes to Georgia. I wanted to apologize for being wrong on Georgia, for saying they were better than everyone. They aren't. I don't know who they beat if they play any of the top 10 teams. Um, I think it'd be interesting. I mean... And again, this is I. I'm not saying it's unbelievable that someone would have Georgia number one. It's unbelievable. I was saying that a week ago. A week ago, I was like, yeah, Georgia should be, um, just handed the championship. Everyone else sucks compared to them. But then I actually looked at it today, and I was like, oh, that's just woefully untrue. It's a huge mistake. So I'm not tearing anyone down for believing Georgia's the best, and I'm not saying Georgia won't end up the best at the end of the the playoffs that might be how they shake out maybe they are that good maybe they were lenient on some teams i'm just saying keep your eyes open here's all the facts that no one's talking about and i do love i do love the narrative that like alabama oh alabama's uh if they keep it close to georgia they then they should still be in the top four because then they're clearly the second team because georgia's so dominant against who who is georgia dominant against Oh, great. They're the second best team to a team that was playing high school teams, basically. Good for them. I mean, that's nice. That's that's solid. No, no, Alabama definitely shouldn't be ranked 15th. Fuck face. All right, let's go on. Um, so I applied for a new corporate job this week, and th- you have to take these psych tests. They're like, oh, here's two questions. Do you agree? Slightly agree? Strongly agree? You know, whatever. And I'm bad at these. Uh, when I worked at the Cheesecake Factory, I had to take it three times. And the third time, I just had my mom take it. Because, like, I'm a psychopath. You guys have listened to me. I'm a crazy person. Like, yeah, my psych evals come back being like, oh, he shouldn't be around humans. Definitely not as a server. Uh, yeah, duh. Duh. I've called multiple people a bitch at their tables. I've been like, yo, being a little bitch about this. You should man up and suck it. And they do. They man up and just shut their fucking mouth. Which, like, great. But I I understand that it's crazy. That's not what a normal person does, nor what someone wants to hire. So I had to retake the psych eval and had my buddy do it. And he failed it. And he's working there. So they're not allowed to bring me in for an interview because I'm too crazy. But also he works there and is now not allowed to be brought in for an interview. Which I found funny. Wanted to share that with uh, with you motherfuckers. 
Um, and let's talk about two black subjects and then we'll go. Uh, I really wish that race just didn't matter anymore. Like in the 90s when race didn't matter as much, that was fun. I think we all enjoyed that more. Um, or like the early after like 9 11, as long as you weren't Muslim, we're cool with you. That was cool. And now we love Muslims. Look at Hezbollah. He's a little 19 super midget Muslim. And he's like a millionaire because he talks shit online. That's great. Good for you, Hezbollah. Um, See, America is the land of opportunity. We make foreigner midgets millionaires. Uh, CRT. Why are we teaching it? At the rate we're changing things from completely not racist to completely racist... In five years, anything we teach in CRT will be racist. Like, in five years, we'll be like, whoa, you still teach critical race theory? That's racist as shit. Oh, you learn critical race theory? That's racist as fuck. And this is something I touched on before. It's why we keep changing the names of what we call black people. It's not black people. It's not colored people. It's not the. It's not African American. It's not black American. It's not person of color anymore. I don't know what it is right now, but it's so you can make old people seem racist. Like, oh my God, you called them a person of color. You racist. That's not the term anymore. And then you can't learn from their experience of 60 years in racism and how we've grown, how we've changed, how we've evolved. Or like, even if you're in Maine where there, I assume not a ton of racism because there's not races there. There's one race and moose. Um, their perspective versus someone in fucking Alabama is a lot different. Uh, so yeah, I think it kind of would be funny. I mean, I think CRT is silly. I think changing books, taking the N word out of Mark Twain and stuff like that is bad. Uh, because it makes it seem like racism never existed back in the day. It's like, Oh look, none of the literary authors ever used a racial slur. So was there racism? No, no, they did. They used racial slurs all the time. They were monsters. Uh, or it was just the time. I don't know. I don't want to get into that right now. But I think it would be funny to see these schools that are teaching CRT, those kids five years from now, six years from now, when they enter high school, be like, oh, you're super racist because that's what you believe in. Because we've evolved from that. That's no longer what we believe in. Also, Kyle House, fucking dope probably could get off i hope that would be cool um but what i want to talk about is the blm riders up front most of which are white which first off he didn't kill any black people he killed all whites um which good for him white people are bad we cause all the problems in the world couldn't agree more uh but how funny it is it that like the major legal issue that I can see facing black people is that courts are so backed up. So like innocent black people stay in jail for like five, six years before they get their court case. And like literally what these like innocence projects do and like whether they're innocent or not, they don't really know. They go in and uh, fuck, I should have looked up the amendment before. I think it's the 15th or 16th amendment that guarantees a quick and speedy trial and like equality and trials and stuff like that. 
Uh, so literally whenever these guys have been waiting like five, six years to, for their court date, a guy just goes in, a lawyer just has to go in and be like, Hey, you're violating the 14th amendment. And the judge is like, yep, he goes free. Doesn't matter what the case is. Murder, rape, doesn't matter. It's breaking an amendment. You have to have equal protection under the law and you have the right to a quick and speedy trial. So they just go in and that's their job and they can't get enough lawyers to do that. I feel like if you had like, I don't know, 500 lawyers who were just willing to go into these courts, say that that's all they say is, and it sounds insane, but I've talked to some of these lawyers and they're like, yeah, that's all it is. It's just like you sit in the courthouse for like a day and the judge has to see you. And then that's all you say. And there's like, Oh yeah, you're right. He's free to go. And it's wild. I feel like we could solve a bunch of the race problems quickly by having like five, 600 lawyers doing that uh, would lead to possibly rapist murderers back on the street, which not ideal, but Hey, they spent five years in jail. So that's something. It's not nothing. Uh, but the funny part in all this is the white BLM protesters who have lots and lots of American dollars and good lawyers get to go up to the judge and be like, hey, uh, or the lawyers get to move their clients to the front of the list so that they get to go in front of the judge and go get their court case done and decide on a plea deal and all that shit. While these other guys who have public defendants that don't give a fuck, that don't work out a plea deal and don't push the judges to get court dates and shit like that, um, they're moving to the front of the line. So white people are complaining that black people are treated poorly and then are part of the reason why black people are treated poorly. And in my mind, a major reason of how we treat black people in a negative way. And now I'm saying black people and that's a racist that like poor people is a more accurate poor arrested people poor disenfranchised people but i don't know what the left tells us that's all black people so i guess that's the term we're really using i'm gonna end it there because we've gotten into this weird racist hole of using the terms that the left tells us to use even though they're not true and they're super racist so i hope you have a good night i'm gonna go drink whiskey and regret the last five minutes I hope you understood the point I was making is that these white guys who are fighting for black people are actually making black people's lives worse. Nope, still sounds racist. All right, well, have a good night. Thank you so much. Bye.